When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of When in Romance is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's new subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. If you have been dreaming of a stitch fix for books, now it's here. Tell TBR your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations for emails, so there's an option for every budget. Visit mytbr.co slash treatyourshelf to sign up today. That's mytbr.co slash treatyourshelf to learn more about TBR and to sign up today. Welcome back to When in Romance, everybody's favorite place for stuff about romance, novels, occasionally movies, but mostly novels. No personal romance here because we're not good at that. But welcome anyway. I'm Jess. And I am Trisha. And I am happy to welcome you also. We're very happy to have you here today. We are. We reached an important benchmark today, we realized before the show, which is that we are actually not exactly sure which episode we're on. I think it's 20. It might be. I thought maybe it was 19. Jess thought it was 20. She's probably right. I don't know. She's usually right. I mean. Um, But either way, we're recording on October 18th. So if you count out from whenever we started, (laughs) or if you just look at your podcatcher, it probably says there too, because I will have had to figure it out between now and when I upload the show notes. So... Yeah. But yeah, I think that's kind of a, you know, we got there, Jess. We did. We reached the number of episodes where we don't just know offhand how many we're in. That, how exciting is that? It's an exciting day for us all. Indeed. It is also an exciting day because, uh, as is appropriate for fall having finally reached D.C. and maybe finally reached Arizona. Yeah, I had my that's first it. fire last night in a fireplace, like not just like okay. gone outside and I was burning. Say. Uh. I was say that doesn't sound great, actually. But uh, yeah, well, and I um, I forgot to wear a jacket one morning this week, and it was pleasant, but also uh, a little alarming. Briefly, yeah. so no, I'm with you. It's fall has arrived. I am delighted by it, but it's appropriate because we are talking about uh, Intercepted. Our full conversation will be in two weeks, but we wanted to, as we did um, with our last book club book, give you a quick heads up about some of the things that we are thinking about discussing so that you can let us know if um, you have other thoughts or some other things that you would like to talk about related to Intercepted by Alexa Martin, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a book we've mentioned a time or two here on the One in Romance podcast. Maybe once. Uh, uh, maybe from time to time. Uh, if we have forgotten to mention it, I apologize. We should should have done so by now. Um, but there are some interesting... I was looking back on it because I read it um, a few months ago now. It came out, I think, in September. And mm-hmm. I read it a little bit before that. And there are some, I think, some really interesting things to think about. And as I mentioned, it is fall. Intercepted is in some ways a football romance. You certainly can read it without knowing a lot or anything about football. 
But one of the things that I think is interesting about Intercepted is that it is a sports romance. And any time that you are taking on a topic that's so specific, so in this case, um, you know, a sports romance, a football romance, one of the things that I would be interested in hearing about from people um, that and Jess and I will talk about a little bit in a couple of weeks is um, how uh, Alexa Martin does with kind of navigating how much to talk about the sport itself. So um, Martin is a football wife. Her husband was in the NFL for a number of years. So she's pretty familiar Mm -hmm. with the NFL. She's pretty familiar with the the sport of football. And I think by and large, she does a really good job of not getting too in the weeds, not, you know, being too confusing and explaining where she does get into football. But I'd be interested in, but I also know a, a fair amount about football. So I would be interested in knowing what other people think about that and kind of how much is too much and how much is not enough. And, and so I don't know. I think that's one thing that I kind of, as a broader theme, would be interested to know what people think. And then in terms of a little bit more maybe kind of related to the romance genre, a couple of the things that I thought were really interesting about this book were a lot of what she does with gender roles, both among the leads and the supporting characters. If you haven't finished this book yet, I would say think a little bit as you're reading about what you are thinking about those gender and sex roles and There were a couple of places, for me at least, where if some of those roles had been flipped, I think I would have reacted to them differently. Mm. And I wondered what that said about me as a reader and what it said about me as a feminist or as not a feminist or I I don't know. I I think there's some interesting stuff going on with um, just, like I said, gender and uh, gender norms and what Martin is doing here and for better and worse. And I think some of that is intentional. I think we kind of have certain um, stereotypes and things that we allow of certain characters and not of others. And yeah, I don't know. That's So those are a couple of, of starter things. I've got one or two others, but I don't know, just as there has there been so far, I know you're still working your way through. You're one of those people that is not all the way through, which is uh, a fun opportunity for me to know at least very <laughs> briefly a little bit more about this book than you do. But um, <laughs> is there anything that's caught you off guard so far? I don't know if there's anything that's caught me off guard. There's still like, I'm learning to really, really appreciate and enjoy Marley as a person. And mm-hmm. just the little things we continue to learn about her as things happen, not just about like her her attitude or her character, um, her life, her experience, the way that she interacts with other people. Like, just like, if Marley were not Marley, well, I mean, this this book wouldn't be this book. But, like, just be prepared in two weeks to listen to me just gushing about Marley as a person. I think that's interesting. I think that really gets to the last thing that I will be really interested to dig into which is Marley as a character and how important she is as the lead first person narrator in this book and what kind of it means that she is such a strong character and kind of how um, we think about and talk about independence Mm -hmm. and particularly the independence of female characters in romance because romance is kind of inherently 
is a two-person game, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think a lot of times people think that there is uh, a disconnect between independent characters and often independent women characters in romance and they think that there's no way that... I think that's a big part of why people think that romance can't be feminist, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's no way that a female character could be independent and still in a relationship and... I think that this book, um, without giving anything away, I think this book kind of pokes at a lot of those uh, sort of preconceptions of, of romance. And I think as as folks get through this one a little bit more, they'll they'll see some of that. So those are just some of the, the themes that I'm interested in kind of digging into a little bit um, with all of you. So uh, as you are continuing to read, if there are things that we've talked about here that you're interested in weighing in on and that you want to... Um, Give us some of your thoughts on, uh, as we did a couple of weeks ago, we'll uh, mention any notes that folks leave in our show notes on bookriot.com. If you go to the listen section, you'll be able to find the one in romance section or else we'll link to it in the show notes here. Uh, We will, at the end of the show, also tell you where to find us on social media, Mm -hmm. as we have done for either 19 or 20 episodes (laughs) up until now. Um, And so probably Justice Right. It's probably been 20. Um, So uh, you'll be able to find us there too. So we'll we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Do let us know what you're thinking as you're reading along. Um, We've already heard from from a few of you. So we are excited that you are excited. And uh, we'll talk more in a couple of weeks. Yes, I am looking so forward to it. Yeah. I had to go back through, find all my, my little flags and highlights and everything. It was fun to get back into this one. I was excited. Yay. That's exciting. It is indeed. Speaking of exciting, what can you tell us, Jess? Well, I can tell you that we are grateful to and thankful for Duchess by Design by Maya Rodale, our first within the podcast sponsor. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Our first non-Book Riot sponsor for the show. Yes. Um, So if you haven't seen the cover of this book, just go online, go on Goodreads, go on Amazon, go on Google, whatever you want to do. Click on the link in the show notes um, and just yep. be enraptured by the cover of this book. Like that's I'm going to talk about it, but I want you to see it. Have it in mind while you're mm-hmm. while you're listening to what it's about. Um, so Duchess by Design by Maya Rodale. The Duke of Kingston seeks a wealthy American bride who can save his family's estate. But his search for an heiress goes deliciously awry when an enchanting (laughs) seamstress tumbles into his arms instead. Miss Adeline Black aspires to be a fashionable dressmaker, not a duchess, and not even an impossibly seductive duke will distract her. Oh, man. Go, Adeline. Impossibly seductive. Impossibly seductive. Um, But Kingston makes an offer she can't refuse. Join him at society events to display her gowns and advise him on which heiresses are Duchess material. It's the perfect plan as long as they resist temptation, avoid a scandal, and above all, do not lose their hearts. Dun, 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 dun. So I'm really excited about this book. Um, I will mention that I have had an advanced copy of it for a little while and I have not yet gotten to it. I'm so sorry, Maya Rodale. Um, But I'm still really excited about this book. It's a Gilded Age romance and 
that is just such a time period that I wish we had more of and hope that we will continue to get more of. There are a few authors who are writing in the Gilded Age. Um, so I look forward to the the minimization of bustles and all of the sparkle and grit that goes with the Gilded Age. Um, and it this series that Maya Rodale has started with this book, um, it features women making their own way in the world and the men strong enough to keep up with them. So how exciting is that? And one of the things that you might see in the advertising or if you follow Maya Rodale on social media is pockets, right? It's like a huge deal that Adeline puts pockets in her dresses. So I'm really looking forward to seeing just even how that works out in the book because pockets even now we are excited about pockets and dresses so can you imagine in the gilded age discover by discovering that your seamstress is willing to put pockets in your dress and you don't have to carry a bag or not carry anything and hope that some man around has pockets to carry things it's like so great so i'm excited i'm gonna be honest with you like at this point in the year of our lord 2018 I have gotten to a point where I won't wear dresses and skirts without pockets. <laughs> and it's it took me years. Like, I was... Uh, Maya Rodale has an excellent reputation for writing really cool, strong, badass female characters. And so I was already going to check into this book. Now that I know the pocket thing, <laughs> I'm making a note to one-click it as soon as... Because I don't have an advanced copy. But I'm going to make a note to one-click it as soon as we're done here. Awesome. So if you, too, would like to one-click... This book is not out yet, but it comes out on the 23rd of this month. So that is soon. Um, a little bit of a wait, but just build up the anticipation for the pockets. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I guess I'll be pre-ordering it if it's not out yet, but that's fine. Pre-order. Um, through, the, through the link in the show notes. <laughs> through the link in the show notes. Um, and if you would like to read more about putting pockets in dresses, and other fun things. You can uh, follow Maya Rodale on social media, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Maya Rodale Writer, on Twitter, where she is at Maya Rodale, R-O-D-A-L-E, and on Instagram, where she is also Maya Rodale. So go enjoy, look at beautiful purple dresses and pockets, and let's look forward to um, Duchess by Design and the future Gilded Age books about badass women. Do you want to hear how excited I got and also how not good at things I am? I legitimately was making myself a note to go buy this book <laughs> and I wrote down our uh, text and I wrote down that the name of the book was sponsored by Duchess by Design. <laughs> That's not the actual name. It's just called Duchess by Design. Duchess by Design. Yeah, but for those of us who are reading the sponsor notes. So... <laughs> That is me getting all worked up by pockets here on When in Romance. Well, you so, know. That's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, all worked up by pockets. Very well, maybe, our show name. I think, it, I think it must be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, now that we are all worked up by pockets, I can't, like I said, I'm, now I'm so worked up by pockets, I can't remember what we're doing next. <laughs> oh, now I remember we're talking about our, and specifically my, uh, so far unaccomplished New Year's resolutions related to books and romance. Jess and I were talking about, um, you know, we haven't had a lot 
<laughs> thankfully, because a lot, oftentimes the news is not great. We haven't had a lot of uh, big romance news out in the world lately. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of talking about, you know, what do we want to do? Where do we want to check in? And as grateful as I am that we have switched over to fall and that it is now jacket weather and, you know, maybe pants weather. I don't know. Who's to say what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. We are now also reaching the home stretch of 2018, uh, which in some ways is is great mm-hmm. because it's been a very long year. A very long uh, year. How, how how long of a year has it been, Jess? Black Panther came out in this calendar year. In this calendar year, that's how long 2018 has been. Uh, but it's we're now reaching. We now have fewer than three months to accomplish our 2018 New Year's resolutions, and. We started this podcast kind of in late January, so we didn't really talk, I don't think, about our bookish 2018 resolutions. But I had two, um, and I have not quite done a great job of mine yet. <laughs> we do still have two months, so I will say uh, I, I maybe can still accomplish mine. So the first of mine, uh, Jess, was that I had planned to... Um, start doing a better job of reviewing at least some of the books that I read on Goodreads mm. because I have not always done a great job of doing that. And I partly, um, I have traditionally kept kind of just an Excel sheet of the books that I read and, you know, uh, track the name and, you know, the author and publisher and number of pages and then kind of do a a few notes on what I thought of the book and how much I liked it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that was mostly for my own kind of record keeping. But I also have started to realize more and more as I'm, you know, reading and reviewing and just kind of existing in the book world that a lot of times uh, an actual review on a site like Goodreads can make a difference for an author, right? Mm -hmm. The more reviews that are out there for somebody, the more it matters. And so I had a goal of putting out, at least for the books that I really, really liked, I wanted to make sure that I was trying to put some of that positive review energy into the world. And I even went so far as to, at an airport bar once, write down in a notebook a lot of what those reviews would be. (laughs) I think I have like eight of them written down. But for some reason, they didn't magically transfer from my (laughs) notebook into Goodreads. I don't know. I feel like I've done my part. I'm not really sure what has to happen next. There needs Uh, to be a macro where you can like magically do that. See, that's all I'm asking for. I feel like that's reasonable. (laughs) Um, But I do still have uh, a couple of months. I feel like I'm going to get there on this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, My second one, I'm not as optimistic about. But I feel like I could get there on this one. You actually are better at that. You do put Goodreads reviews up. I do. At least you put a star rating. I try to always put a star rating unless I am like so torn about like the comparison of like the way the book is written versus how I felt by the end of it that I just like... I'm not sure if I want to star it lower because of the writing and how, like, or vice versa. Um, but I almost always try to put in a star rating. If I have wordy feelings, I will do a review. But sometimes it takes me a while to actually get feelings into words. And I do Goodreads almost immediately, so I don't forget. Um, so my Goodreads reviews aren't nearly as interesting as like kissing books reviews. Um, but eventually I hope to get there. You know what you could do? What is that? Do you follow, follow Colleen Hoover on Goodreads? She'll, she'll be silent for months. And then all of a sudden my entire feed is Colleen Hoover reviews. And so, you know, she just goes 
and puts up like five or six reviews at once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have time. You can catch up from the entire year if you want to. I wouldn't mind looking at all of those reviews. Well, and you know what I've actually found myself doing is when I have been um, taking notes on a book, it has often been related to one specific thing or scene in a book that has stuck with me, mm. right? So it'll be like three or four months later. Um, and uh, The Kiss Quotient is actually a really good example of this by Helen Huang, Um which is a book that we've talked a lot about on Book Riot and that I talked about several months ago, mm-hmm. um, probably, and then a few months ago, and then probably two weeks ago because I really like that book a lot. <laughs> um, but there's one scene, that, as much as I love everything about that book, there's one scene that really, really stuck with me, which is, um, for those who have read it, there, it's the scene where Stella goes to have dinner with Michael's family for the first time. Uh-huh. And it's a scene where, I'm sure I talked about it on this podcast, and I, I wrote it up for Book Riot, but... The thing that I wrote it for ended up not and there there was a bunch of things that ended up not working out. So now I can use it for Goodreads. Uh, but it, it's just a scene. It's a really great example of a time where everyone is working really hard and trying so hard to do their best, and it still just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think that there's something about that that is just so great because so often in romance there's a a thing that happens where like oh well this person just there's just this crazy miscommunication right or like this person's sort of cranky Mm -hmm. or like this person's brother is mad that this thing is happening or whatever and none of that is true in this scene it's that everybody is doing their best and it still just doesn't quite take Mm -hmm. and I think that there's something that's really kind of lovely about that in this book that and it's, I mean, obviously it's a romance, there's a happily ever after, it works out. But like, I, there are certain things in certain books and, and that kind of just stick with you. Um, and uh, for me, that that's one of those. And so I've, I've found that when I've kind of drafted a, a paragraph or two for, for Goodreads, it's, it's generally been that. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm still optimistic that I can pull those together. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I'm less optimistic about my second resolution, but I... Before I get into that, do you have one? Did you make resolutions this year? I Like I said, we didn't talk about this. I might have um, made a resolution via a Book Riot post that I um, pretty much abandoned like a month in. Sure. And that resolution, if you do not religiously read all of my Book Riot posts all the time, go back and find what? the ones you haven't read and read them over and over again was called Who would not do that? the Westmoreland project. And I was going to, so Brenda Jackson has been writing romance for a long time and she's, she doesn't always write about the same family, but she's got a long legacy of the Westmorelands. And I was going to try to read all what I think is now 38 Harlequin Desire Westmoreland books. Yeah, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. And, you know, one one thing happened after another, and I just couldn't keep up. This unfortunately happened a book and a half in. Um, sure. And I, I set this... Like I bought, I got the omnibus of the first two books and set it aside and never picked it up again. And I hope to someday, but it hasn't, it hasn't been at the forefront of my mind. So 
Now, to be fair, Jess, like as a person who both runs the Book Riot Romance Newsletter and also is a part of the Book Riot Romance Podcast and also as a librarian, you have a lot of reading responsibilities. That's a lot of books to try to make sure that you are getting through Mm -hmm. in a year. Like that's a lot of things. Like you have a, uh, a responsibility to people to make sure that you are well versed in all of the books that are coming out you have to, you know, it would be very difficult for you to read all of that backlist and be well informed. You know, things come up. Thanks, Sue. You had to be reading all of the cocky books this spring. <laughs> you had to be reading all of the book club, the one in romance book club books this summer and fall. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Both of them. Uh, I say this because my second resolution. Uh, and this is a terrible excuse for me. This is that was actually a valid excuse for you. For me, this is a terrible excuse. And actually, it's a thing that I wish I I genuinely did want to do, and I still would like to do. But my second resolution was I wanted to do more reading of some of the romance subgenres that I don't read as much of, mm-hmm. which are paranormal, sci-fi, and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still would like to do that. I just have to figure out kind of. I know, I feel like for some of the other um, subgenres where I've started to get into them, things like historical or even suspense, romantic suspense, I've found like a, a rabbit hole and kind of dropped into it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't quite found that rabbit hole with the kind of sci-fi, uh, fantasy, paranormal subgenres. And so, you know, I don't... I just haven't quite gotten there. Yeah. And something else will come. And, and legitimately, it is, It is like I said, it's a little bit of a flimsy excuse, but it is actually true that, you know, something will come out that you kind of feel like you want to be able to explain to people or be, you want, you feel like you should be in the know or at least kind of have some sense of the know. Absolutely. I can't always just rely on Jess to know all of the things. Um, so I haven't done a great job of, of being in the know related to all of the books, but I do, I would like to do a better job of that and, and know a, a little bit more about, uh, some of that subgenre. So if people have books that got them in, in any of those subgenres, sci-fi and fantasy, I think sometimes are a little bit connected, but, and paranormal, I think all of them are a little bit connected, but if you have favorite books that kind of dropped you into a rabbit hole in that area, let me know. Um, do you have anything, Jess? Have you read much of that? You know, I'd love, I'd love to know other people's favorites. I, I have had peaks and valleys in all three of those categories. I have Mm -hmm. tried really hard to get more sci-fi romance under my belt too, but it's just that like, I, I put so many on my list to read and don't actually get to them. So I don't know which ones are Good. Um, mm-hmm. I will shout out the um, Love and Panels, one of our sister sites. Yeah. Um, they have a regular sci-fi best bets um, mm-hmm. uh, list that they put out, I think, monthly. And I check it out every time I get it because I, I subscribe yep. to the email. Otherwise, I would never actually go on the site because I'm terrible at that. Um, but I haven't actually read any of the like 15 books that I've put on my to-read list. And that's always the problem. <laughs> yeah. And Love and Panels is wonderful. And we even have um, our friends and colleagues at Book Riot have put out some really great lists of fantasy and paranormal. We, we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, though, right? Because sometimes it'll be like a list of 50 or even 25. Right. Even 10. 
I'm like, okay, but which of the 10 should I start with? I need like three. I need like a reading pathways of like three. Yeah. So if somebody wants to give me like three, that would be great. Or one. That would be great. Somebody wants to give me one. Actually, yes. Give me your one. Give me the one. If you could recommend one of any of those three subgenres, sci-fi, fantasy, paranormal, if there's some overlap, that would be great. Give me, and actually I read, um, and there are a few that I've read, right? I've read uh, the Nalini Singh, um, oh, how can I not? The Psy Changelings? Yes, the Psy Changelings. I read a few of those. Um, I So I have read like a handful here and there, mm-hmm. but still give me give me your best. Give me what you got. And uh, I and actually I really like those. I read, yeah, like the first four or five of those and. Um, maybe I should just be continuing to read Nalini Singh forever. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't see how that's that's a problem. Yeah, exactly. There are, yeah. Oh, no. What will I do if I just keep reading? What a terrible fate that would be. <laughs> and Just kidding. I actually, I read a lot of paranormals in my earlier years of reading romance, and I am having a seriously hard time remembering any titles at all. <laughs> Yeah. And well, that's the thing. I almost kind of wonder if I think I feel a little bit like I might have kind of gotten into romance right when a lot of the uh, paranormal stuff was dying down a little bit because it was about five or six years. So I got into romance in right around like 2013, 2012, 2013, which I kind of feel like was when the Twilight stuff was starting to die down a little bit. And so I think there was still some really great stuff being written but the focus was starting to die down a little bit. So Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so let me know what you guys love. And we got a, I mean, I got an email today from, I don't know if it was uh, maybe like Sourcebooks or um, I don't, from some publisher uh, that was, oh, it was Casablanca. Yeah, Sourcebooks Casablanca that was, that had like three or four different books in it. And I was like, I don't need three or four. I need one. one. Tell me which one. One is, give me your one. One is key. One is key. Yeah. And like I read a lot of what what you would call like women's fantasy in high school, um, mm-hmm. Jennifer Roberson, Mercedes Lackey, and those often had a romantic element. But I don't think that either author would would classify themselves as romance authors, even though like every single Jennifer Roberson book I ever read had like a happy ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one well, gen. And, like, Jennifer Armentrout has written it mm-hmm. a lot as well. And I think she's a little bit more in the YA new adult with a lot of her um, paranormal. But I don't know, like, kind of where to start there either. So I don't know. Yeah. We're going to see. So anyway, I still have, like, two and a half months. Uh, I believe I'm in you. good about my Goodreads resolution. I'm feeling a little bit less good but still better than 50% good about this one. We can check back in in uh, – Late December, early January. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Do you ha- did you have other resolutions, or was your Westmoreland uh, really the only place where you you really dug in? That was the only one I really dug in. Like I'm going to do this this year, or I'm going to do this next mm-hmm. year because I probably made the resolution in early December, um, and then 2018 happened, like sure. 25 months ago, and <laughs> things happen. And then yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think that's legit. Yeah. Um, well, I'm feeling really positive about the rest of this year. I'm also feeling really positive about the rest of next year. Should we be, do you want to talk about 2019 or do you want me to do our other ad spot before we do that? Uh, let's talk a little bit about 2019. It won't be, I won't be long. I, I promise. Perfect. Um, 
Trisha and I were talking about, you know, some things that are happening in the world. And one of those things that I have been really excited about, you might have noticed if you if you um, subscribe to Kissing Books, is the number of like new books, spinoffs of current series, spinoffs of other series, and other exciting things coming from authors in 2019. Um, and I just wanted to throw a few of those out there for your so you can share in my excitement. Some of them are actually already available for pre-order, which is baffling. Um, so if you want to do that, like six months early, I mean, I don't do think it. I don't think anyone would mind. And also, and also, your future self won't mind. Your future self will be delighted. It's like, oh, this book. I don't remember yeah. buying this book, but okay. Uh, Great. And so I wanted to throw out there some, some of the news that I, I've seen in the past couple weeks. Um, one is from, who else? Uh, this is the Win in Romance podcast, Alyssa Cole. And that, two things happened this week. She released the cover of her third Reluctant Royals book, which is absolutely gorgeous. And she also announced a couple days ago that she's going to have some spinoff novellas in the Reluctant Royals universe with some familiar faces. So that is totally exciting. Um, bit older news, but still have to throw it out there and remind everyone that Alicia Rye uh, has a spinoff series of The Forbidden Hearts coming out starring everybody's favorite sister. Um, and that one looks exciting. I think it's going to be called A Perfect Match, but there isn't a real a real thing on, on either Goodreads or Amazon yet. It's just sort of a placeholder. So have a look at that. Jess, what is the name of the Alyssa Cole book that is the third in the Reluctant Royal series? Do you know? I knew. Or should like I be googling it? Twenty minutes ago. All right, so I'm going to Google it while we're talking about it. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, continue. Continue. So, um, if you read any like YA with crossover romance potential, like I try to do, and then don't actually get to. Um, the author of When Dimple Met Rishi, which has gotten a lot of um, interest from romance readers, Sandhya Menon, I think that's how you say her name, I am sorry if it's not, is coming out with her first adult rom-com next year. And I'm excited for that because of the excitement that people have for her YA series. Like, the third one is coming out, and they just released the cover a couple days ago, and everyone has been so excited about this cover, which I am excited about, and I haven't even read the series. I bought When Dimple, Re when Dimple Met Rishi the day it came out, and I still haven't read it yet because I am a failure. But... <laughs> Hey, now. I am really excited about her moving into adult romance and romantic comedy because it seems like she's got she's got it she like gets what readers are looking for and knows how to give it to them um there are a couple that everyone knows about that are coming out um the next sarah mclean book is coming out in june the next helen huang book is coming out in may or june um and i'm gonna tell you I get that some authors do not have to write as prolifically as others, but I am so sad that I only get one Sarah McLean book a year. I mean, I think that's fair. <laughs> like, I mean, I, right? 
Well, and here's, I mean, this is the thing, and I don't know if you want to 100% transition here now, but I think that's, it's a little, because Sarah McLean has been writing for a long time. Mm -hmm. She has a very long catalog of books and that's great and whatever. But also, I mean, we're getting to a point now where other authors who are new authors are also only have to write one book a year, Mm -hmm. which cool but uh i just looked it up and Alyssa cole's new book is called a prince on paper thank which you is great uh yeah of course uh and it's maybe 18 but that's that's pretty speedy like that's a, a pretty quick timeline for one person to have to do as of like two and a half three years right like i don't know i don't know it's interesting i don't know i don't know how we sort of figure or god look at talia hibbert Holy moly. I mean, and she seems fine. Like, she seems like she just enjoys Mm -hmm. putting out a book every other week, which I enjoy that, too. I like reading her books that she puts out every – and that's an exaggeration. But she is putting (laughs) out books that are very – I don't know. How does that – I don't know. Now I'm just rambling, Jess. But I don't know how we – how do we figure that out? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I know in in Talia's case, like, she doesn't have to do – deal with – like external people she she is in charge of her book she she probably sends it to editors but like and maybe maybe someone else does her covers maybe she does her covers I don't even know um and I know that especially publishers like Berkeley and Avon um they have such a long process of getting things published but like there are some books there are some authors who publish four books a year for both of those uh, companies, and there are some that only do one. And is it because of turnaround? I mean, I want to I want to make sure that authors have time to write, they have time to edit, they have time to get things edited, they have time to send to readers, they have time to make sure their covers are perfect, they have time to get feedback. You know, like I want. I'm not saying I don't want authors to have that time, but is it the publishers who are determining that time or is it the authors themselves? Because even if you look at the the other people I've mentioned, Alyssa Cole and Alicia Rye, they both publish multiple times a year. Alyssa, Alyssa Cole publishes with multiple publishers multiple times a year. So it's like... I don't, I don't even, I think I'm rambling now, but like, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, like what factors lead into the length of time between books Mm -hmm. and is it the popularity of the author? Like Helen Huang didn't need to publish another book in 2018. She is set (laughs) even as, even as a debut author, because she got so much attention and, praise for the one book that people are still discovering and sarah mcclain i wonder too though what is that like what has what is a it long about history like you said and romance fans that people will wait that we expect something different but like does that make sense like what what is it on our end i mean i think part of it is that like prolific writers mm-hmm. produce prolific readers like I think the what is it the average romance reader reads 50 books a year and the average non-romance reader reads three books a year or something like that Mm -hmm. it's it's not exactly those numbers but there's a huge difference in the number of books 
romance romance readers read and the number of books people who read more literary fiction, more nonfiction um, read on average per year. And that's like, that's millions of people. So of course the yeah. average is going to be different. <laughs> but um, even when you have people like Liberty reading 575 books in the it's first true. six months. Liberty um, reads, Liberty from uh, Book Riot is wonderful <laughs> and does a couple of our podcasts. Uh, all the books and all the backlists, I think, mm. are both over. So yeah, feel free. She uh, she knows what she's mm-hmm. talking about. So feel free to go check those out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mystery. I, I yeah, I don't know. It, it far be it for me to tell anybody how to how to publish or, or any of that. But it does seem I don't know. It's a it's it is a mystery to me. And me. And I think we should. And I think we should continue I to. I just felt like talking about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's continue to observe it as Absolutely. we continue to try to sort it out. Um, but speaking of uh, exciting <laughs> books that people should be excited about, uh, should we talk about our second <laughs> sponsor for today? Let's do that. All right. So uh, this one is from our friends at Harlequin Dare. Uh, from Harlequin, the leader in romance. Uh, perhaps you've heard of Harlequin, Jess. I don't know if you are. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar. Um, I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you then about Unleashed by Caitlin Cruz. Uh, so, from Harlequin, the leader in romance, comes a new line that's modern, edgy, and sexually charged. If you love sexy romances featuring powerful alpha heroes and bold, fearless heroines exploring their deepest fantasies, try Harlequin Dare. About our hero, or I'm sorry, our heroine, uh, Margot Cavendish is a American professor who comes to Iceland on a research trip interested Ooh. in the intersection of, and I think this is actually very interesting, Iceland's <laughs> feminist principles it's drunken hookup culture and it's sexual permissiveness. So huh. that is, yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, triangulation of, of things. Uh, but when uh, Margot gets snowed in at the Hotel Viking, she runs into sexy, charismatic Thor, who offers her a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get down and dirty and practice what she preaches and maybe learn a little of that famous Icelandic sexual confidence while she's at it. So... Oh. Thor has made a killing in Iceland's tourist trade, running his bars and nightclubs in trendy Reykjavik. But when he inherits the famous, the famously salacious Hotel Viking from the father he never knew, he thinks it's mm. a great opportunity. Repressed international visitors can engage in a little fantasy fulfillment at the top of the world, and Thor can amuse himself as he pleases. How better to spend the long, intimate Icelandic winters? Honestly, I have no suggestions. So I say, do it. Why Go not? For it. Yeah, right? Live your best life, Thor. Uh, <laughs> and you will love the undeniable chemistry between Margot and Thor. And they have firing and addicting banter, which, frankly, that is basically all I'm looking for in my romance. And mm-hmm. so I am all on board on this. Uh, Margot <laughs> learns to see beyond her academic research and embraces her innermost desires without any stigmas, while mm. Thor learns to embrace emotions that he usually keeps out of relationships. Of so, course. yeah, right? I mean, I kind of feel like this is that, that marriage that uh, we are all looking for of the smart, intelligent. Uh, it's, this kind of feels like that Mulder and Scully thing, right? <laughs> you got the academic, uh, sort of skeptical heroine and the. Okay, well, I molded, the, molded, the molder half of this doesn't really work out. Molder. But 
the other piece of it is there. So uh, check the show notes and find yourself uh, your Margot and Thor um, wintry hotel Viking drunken hookup adventure. <laughs> I feel like this could be uh, this is another one where the cover is, uh, you know, there's a couple of really attractive folks here to <laughs> seduce you into Unleashed by Caitlin Cruz. So thank you so much to Harlequin Dare for sponsoring this episode, either episode number 19 or 20 of Wine and Romance. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Harlequin, who, yes, I have heard of. Yes, you're familiar with. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, here on this episode, we were going to chat a little bit. We talked just very briefly um, a couple of weeks ago about... Uh, <laughs> friendly, non-grumpy, surly heroes. Absolutely. And uh, we figured maybe we'd follow up on that a little bit and talk about uh, the, our bullet point that we have here is not grumpy men. Not grumpy men. Uh, so uh, I think we both came with a couple of recommendations of books that have not grumpy men in them. And so maybe we can we can talk a little bit about those people. Let's do that. I haven't actually finished my post. I was going to do that. And then, as Jess knows, because I told her before the show, my laptop has not been utilized. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing some traveling and whatnot, and I, I never quite got to it. But I can tell you that some of I can tell you about some of the, the not grumpy men that have inspired that post. Um, and I think for me, Jess, the, um, my default person, uh, one, of, one of my default people who I've been thinking about when I've been writing that post um, is Jethro Winston of Grin and Bearded of Penny Reed's Winston Brothers series. Because I j- like, there's just, there's no angst in that guy. Oh, man. He, like, he, he's a park ranger in uh, Tennessee, Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. And he runs into Sienna, who's a movie star that, that he goes to assist. And she is very lost. I think I also relate to Sienna because I'm also very lost on a very regular mm-hmm. basis. And he goes and he's like drinking coffee and she cannot find where she's supposed to be. And he goes and he has just, just a big smile on his face and he just goes because he grew up in the Smoky Mountains. He knows exactly where she needs mm-hmm. to go. And he just goes and he helps her find it. And like the biggest source of angst between the two of them is, first of all, he doesn't she doesn't tell him that she's a movie star. <laughs> and then I guess this is like a little bit of a spoiler, a little, a little bit, bit sort of, but not really. Then later, he doesn't tell her that... Well, actually, maybe he does tell her, but, like, he has a little bit of angst later on that, like, he at one point was in a motorcycle club, Mm -hmm. a biker gang, if you, you know. (laughs) Uh, And he's worried that that's going to hurt her reputation. But, of course, it doesn't. Like, nobody cares. It's fine. Like, it all works out. And, like, they're just happy and fun, and they're both happy to be together. And there's no point at which his grumpiness really hurts her or brings her down or means that she has to like cheer him up and make him make his happiness more important than Mm. hers which i think at the end of the day is the thing that is the reason as much as it's fun to just like read about a nice friendly happy hero who just gives someone directions and hands them coffee i think for me that is the main reason that i oftentimes am drawn to the not grumpy hero is that it's nice sometimes and not all grumpy heroes are like this to be fair but sometimes the grumpy hero can sort of turn a heroine in a male female romance into like the manic pixie 
dream girl of like all of the sudden the entire story becomes about the angst of the hero mm. and what the heroine has to do to make that go away and to heal him and to make him happier and more content and what, and like I just don't have <laughs> so I'm happy to have Jethro Winston just go and like have Sienna dance with him to whatever he has put on his iPod <laughs> and cheer her up <laughs> because she needs cheering up and that's the thing. I'm happy to have all of the cranky, sad heroines. And all, maybe it's like the dude's turn to be the manic pixie hero. I, I don't know. It. I can't. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you know what? Like, I I recently read Dr. Strangebeard. So Roscoe Winston is also in that category. And so is Bo. Bo actually is too. I didn't get into that because there's some other baggage related to that. But yeah, yeah the Winston brothers. The Winston brothers. Delightful. I mean, they're delightful. There's some grumpy. But they yes, don't. It's true. They don't always push their grumpy out onto everyone around them. And sometimes they do. Dwayne is very grumpy <laughs> and does push it out onto everyone. But like, if you're at fifty percent of the brothers are not grumpy, mm-hmm. that's like, like that. You're 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 doing pretty well. Um, what do you got, Jess? So one of my favorite not grumpy men is Grant from Rebecca Weatherspoon's Fit. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's got some baggage and all of that, but he is just a delightful human being. And he runs a gym, and when Violet, our overweight heroine who doesn't really want to do the whole working out thing but really feels like she needs to lose some weight and get in shape, ends up at this place... You know, he he is the sweetest man, and you, like, the first workout she does, she doesn't even realize she's doing it. They're just walking around. It's great. Um, and Grant had, like, A, Grant is a, a BDSM dom, so there's that, and he doesn't use that power on anyone who doesn't want it, which is important, very important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he can get upset just like anybody else, but he also has the self-awareness to get over it and move on with his life. And that is really important. So very important. And the the relationship between Grant and Violet um, in the gym and outside of it is just it's so great. And I love this whole series. Um the the fourth book in the series wrapped was actually the first one i read and um i think the hero's name is aiden i really i feel like that's true um is also one of those delightful people that you just want to squeeze um and stroke their beard and move on um <laughs> so yeah and rebecca weatherspoon can write some angry folks like her her Bearded bondage fellows are both pretty grumpy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of angst. Um, but she can also write some really, really delightful, ungrumpy men. Yeah, Rafe was actually one that was on my list that I won't get into because I think we'll talk more about another time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there are some. Yeah, she also has some very lovely, non-angsty, grumpy, cranky men. <laughs> um well, and uh, another one that we've maybe talked a little bit about, but um, Evan from A Girl Like Her mm-hmm. is a blacksmith 
who, uh, speaking of, of women who are sort of not your <laughs> perky, happy, friendly women, Ruth is not that person, no. but Evan still is like very intrigued and happy to go and make her dinner and he's her next door neighbor and he's just happy to kind of go and be there and he thinks he's she's interesting mm-hmm. and smart and fun and pretty mm-hmm. and like that's fine he's just seems great and lovely and i don't like i mean they still have some conflicts like it's still an interesting story that has de- like he just doesn't have to bring all of the very heavy baggage of lying up at night worrying about what his uncle might have thought about his sad goldfish or whatever like i don't even know like that's not a real thing that was i don't even know if he had an uncle or goldfish but like that's the thing like so many of these stories you're like oh my god this is this is just a lot mm-hmm. so evan's just lovely he's a blacksmith he's he seems great mm-hmm. he's a very good cook and he just goes he looks like captain america <laughs> and he just goes and is nice to Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's great. Yeah. That's why we read romance, everybody. That is, that is Because so. sometimes a guy named, who looks like Captain America and is built like a blacksmith makes you dinner. Makes you dinner. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And some, I don't know. sometimes a guy uh, gives you all his money. <laughs> and it's also delightful. Wait, what? That's also a thing? <laughs> So I'm going to need the title of that book, Jess. Uh, another one of my favorite angsty but not grumpy uh, heroes is Blake Reynolds from Trade Me. Um, mm. Also with a really grumpy heroine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there has to yep. be a balance, right? Um, and Blake has his issues, but he is not a grumpy guy at all. Um, and... So if you were if we you haven't listened to me talk about trade me um which would be surprising since this is episode 20 um sure there's Tina and Blake and Blake has taken some time off so he's a little older but they're both in school and she bets that he doesn't get what it's like to live like she does as a first generation immigrant student who's just trying to get by and help her parents and he's like, all right, I'll trade you. Like, what? First off, yeah. and he's not even being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then, like, he's just, he's got all of these weird relationships with different people, but he's, like, really, really not super Batman-y about it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he is he is very much not Bruce Wayne, which is delightful. And maybe that's because his father is grumpy enough. I also yeah, love his father. I don't know what it is. Bruce Wayne is a terrible boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so Blake Reynolds, super happy guy, will give you anything you want, including his entire fortune. Um, sure. And there's, you just... If you haven't read this book, you have to read it because there's stuff that I want to talk about, but I can't because they're all spoilers. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Ooh, that sounds like a really good book club book. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll put that we'll a bookmark in that. Uh, uh, and, well, and that's the other thing too, right? So um, Darian in Glitterland 
also fits this description. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is happy and fun and lovely and kind of sort of carefree. But he meets Ash, who is really struggling with mental illness and haunted by um, just a lot of people's preconceived notions. And and this is so Glitterland is a male male romance. And so Ash is also a male. And I think there's a a real they I think that um, Alexis Hall does a really interesting job in this book of, first of all, illustrating kind of what it's like for you to have a happy, friendly, sort of carefree man and a grumpy, frustrating sometimes man. <laughs> but Ash has a really good reason for it, right? Like he's struggling with mental illness. There's a there's a real big difference between somebody who's dealing with a, a an illness and somebody who's just, just grumpy and angsty, mm-hmm. right? Like those two things are very different. But it, it does take a toll on Darian and his sort of happiness and friendliness in a way that eventually leads to some real conflict between the two of them. And obviously they, you know, they get over it and Darian handles it really well for a really long time and is so supportive and wants to help Ash and and be supportive of him for a really long time and, and accept him as who he is. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to change him. He doesn't, he's not trying to make him somebody else and he's not trying to um, push him to be someone else. But I think that there's a, there's a lot of really different and interesting ways to deal with this trope. Like, you know, we're, I, I kind of, I sort of think of it in a lot of ways as a lighter and more just less stressful way of reading a book. But Glitterland does have a lot of depth. And all of these books have a lot of depth to them. But mm-hmm. Glitterland is a, is, a, is a little bit of a different perspective on this same kind of way of looking at somebody who sort of is, just has a little bit of a different perspective on the world that's, is happy and optimistic and what that looks like when someone who has that perspective is um, falls in love with someone who is struggling in a way that is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's one of the things that makes this book so interesting is, is the pairing between this, these two people who are seeing the world in such different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did not end up reading Glitterland as part of our book club, but I would recommend all of you, Uh, find yourselves a copy and take a look at it anyway. And then just let us know what you think. Mm, Absolutely. Of any of these books. And of course, tell us who your favorite not grumpy heroes are. Yes. Or if you think that I'm wrong about grumpy heroes, uh, let me know. Actually, um, I feel like they're probably, and I've read a lot that I really like. And there are some, there are some authors that do it really well, Mm -hmm. but uh, that maybe is a conversation for another. Oh, another time, Jess. We can talk about uh, authors who write really, really good grumpy heroes. Really good grumpy heroes. Grumpy people you mm-hmm. love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or if you have questions about grumpy heroes, not grumpy heroes, uh, we are going to be doing a holiday recommendations show in. I want to say like late November. That sounds we'll right. On, yeah, late November, early December. We'll we'll give you more specific dates soon. But if you have questions for yourself or for your loved ones about uh, what is the perfect holiday, what is the perfect, um, you know, end of year gift, what is what romance you should be buying for the people that you love in your life, we can help you figure that out. Mm-hmm. So be thinking about that. You can uh, start asking for recommendations now and we can start pulling those together for you. Um, if somebody just had a question for you about what sort of romance recommendation they should be giving to people how would they contact you 
They can um, always send me an email. That'll be in the show notes. Or even faster, because I cannot live without my phone and I get notifications about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, find me on social media. Uh, Twitter at Jess is reading all one word. Perfect. Uh, and I am also on Twitter at Trisha underscore reads. Uh, I am also on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. Uh, so if you want to reach me for recommendations or if you want to let us know what you want to talk about at Intercepted. And my understanding, Jess, is that you are also uh, begrudgingly with underscores on Instagram. Yes, those underscores. Jess underscore is underscore reading. Not all one word. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, so we actually have a lot of things we want to know from you guys this time around. So we want to know what you are interested in talking about related to Intercepted. I need to know all of your fantasy, paranormal, sci-fi recommendation books, but I need one. You can't send me all of them. So that was a lie. I don't want all of your. I need one recommendation from you about all <laughs> from of those everyone. books. From everyone. From the, you know, yeah, I uh, send me, and maybe why? I don't know. Just send me one I can, I can do some reading. Uh, and then um, let us know what books you're excited about for 2019. And yeah, like Jess said, let us know what your favorite non-grumpy, who your favorite non-grumpy men are. And uh, maybe who your favorite grumpy men are. And then who, you, who you're buying books for this holiday season. Absolutely. And what kind of books they might want. Exactly. And we'll help you figure them out. And if we can't do it, we have uh, some fantastic friends over at Book Riot who will help us do it for you. So Absolutely. We'll go from there. Um, I don't know, Jess. Have we now exhausted all of our topics for today? I think for, we on have. episode either nineteen or twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have, Trisha. I think we have. So let's thank all of our sponsors. Um, don't forget to check out TB my TBR because that's that's it's really cool. I will say um, it is very cool. Uh, and Duchess by Design. Right? By Maya Rodale. Yep. And Unleashed. By Caitlin Cruz. Yeah. And the whole Harlequin Dare series. So yeah, we have some fantastic sponsors. And yeah, find out all of the other books that we recommended in the show notes. So yeah, we've given you plenty to read here today, everybody. So much. So much. So enjoy. Happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>